Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is director Anne Tran, and we're going to be talking about her do- new documentary entitled For Tomorrow. Welcome to the show, Anne. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure having you here. I loved the uh, documentary. I immediately, when I started watching it, I stopped it and said, I sent out emails to friends and said, you need to watch this. <laughs> you need to watch this. It is so inspiring and truly, yeah, just mind-blowing in many, many ways. Ways. So let so our audience knows. Can you tell us a little bit about what for tom- for tomorrow is all about? Sure. Um, thank you again for what you thought about the film. But um, yeah, for tomorrow is a documentary. Um, we follow different people around the world that are just like you and me who have decided to come up with an idea. They looked around their communities and they saw a problem, whether it was pollution or disabled access to the subway, just lots of different things, and decided. To come up with an idea to try and solve that problem. And so it really is about the potential that we have all in all of us to innovate and to help our world. And so there's also a lot about, <clears throat> sorry, connecting these different characters around the world because um, the world is getting smaller. And with the internet and just the way people communicate today, we have this great potential to really unify and to make great change together. I agree. There's, there's many wonderful things because of the internet that uh, wouldn't be able to happen 50 years ago or or, or no, or, or even you know, 20 years ago for that matter. How did you get involved with this project? So originally I was uh, based in Vietnam and um, I actually, that's where I live. Um, I'm here in the U.S. now just to help out with my family right now. But um yeah, I got a call because they were looking for uh, a producer to do the Vietnam segment. And there was a woman who lived in the next town over from me who, and she's in the film, Jin Ti Hong, and she found a way to take household trash, like organic waste, fruits and vegetables, and make it into an enzyme that you would ferment and it would become a cleaning agent for household things. So like dishwasher liquid and floor cleaner. And then um, she trained all these disadvantaged women to make it. And so she could pay them and then use it to bottle, you know, all of the cleaning solutions. And it's become a really successful business. And uh, I actually use her products. And so when I found, you know, heard about that, I was like, oh, I think I know who this woman is. And I would love to help tell her story. So that was initially how they found me in Vietnam in my little seaside town. But then um, a lot of these topics that are in the film, I'm, you know, I've been thinking about them for my whole life and have been kind of, my work has kind of been focused on that kind of stuff. And there were other stories, Jamila in Azerbaijan and Emmanuel well in Sierra Leone. And so I just got to pitch for the overall project and they liked it and brought me on to direct the whole film. So I was very just, yeah, so grateful to, to have it come to me. Amazing, amazing how it came to you. I, well, yeah, I do want to talk about each one of these innovators. And also, how were they chosen? How did you narrow it down? And are there, and how many people, is there an application process that they have to go through in order? It's through the, This is through the United Nations Development Program. And and Hyundai. And I also want to ask how Hyundai got in- involved with this too. But let's three questions there, I guess. <laughs> 
or yeah. more. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll tackle them all. Okay. So, um, so Hyundai produced the film and um, made it in cooperation with Uni- the United Nations Development Program. And um, a couple of years ago, they started this platform called fortomorrow.org, this website where innovators around the world could upload their ideas of what they were trying to do. And um, yeah, you could actually contact them and they could contact each other and just see what people are doing. And so all the people in our film are from that website. And um, there's over, I don't know, I think 100 solutions on there right now. And so we were actually kind of casting from that, like um, our lead researcher, Lisa Madik-Boudreau, she had done extensive research into like all the background stories and had whittled it down to like a good chunk of candidates. And yeah, it was really hard because there were so many amazing people doing really cool things out there. And um, so it was really hard choice, but we wanted to do show innovation looked like different like different things so we have someone that's you know has more of an engineering background or he's self-taught but he's more of an engineer or with Jamila it's more of like she's an innovative creative thinker we wanted to show like indigenous knowledge and how ancient techniques are also technology and to really just kind of show a breadth of what innovation can look like it's not just in a laboratory or done by a corporation but it's happening everywhere all around us and to also show you know, we had this great chance to show all these different places that like a lot of people don't get to go to, which was really fun for all of us to just to film and to make it really cinematic and really try and take you um, on this journey where not a lot of people get to go. Exactly. So So that was kind of how we whittled it down. Yeah. And how involved is Hyundai in the decision making process? Of you mean choosing the characters? Yeah, choosing. Um, you know, I, to say like creatively, they were super supportive of like what we wanted to do, and just you know, for me as a director, and they just really trusted me on, yeah, as a storyteller, what would um, you know make it more exciting or make it more interesting, and so that was a challenge because like the website, you know, to make a film inspired by a website basically is um can be challenging but once you dig into the stories and the different characters and um i knew that it was going to make some very um emotionally driven um really good you know characters there that uh that wouldn't make it so hard but initially when you think about it like okay how do we you know make a website seem exciting, but it's really the people and the characters and they made it easy because they are so interesting. Oh, they are. So let's go back to the woman in Vietnam who is using trash to make cleaning products. Let's talk a little bit more in detail about her because she, I mean, again, she was walking down the street and uh, noticing all the trash and decided to come up with this idea. I mean, I'm always fascinated when people come up with such innovative ideas that nobody had ever thought to do before. So can you talk a little bit more about her? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, and she's so interesting because she's not, she wasn't a chemist or a biologist, but um, there was just, you know, it started off with like, the trash truck not picking up trash for a week and um and in vietnam there is like a trash problem like you do just see a lot of trash everywhere um and she just really started thinking about like how can i solve this problem i mean eventually there's just always going to be trash and how do we deal with this like trash problem and um how do we get people to be more sustainable and to conserve and for her she thought the only way i can 
think to do it is to make it valuable somehow. And what can I do to change, you know, this trash and make it into something that <clears throat> can make money? Um, and I mean, it took her 10 years to come up with like the formula. I mean, she tried and she talks about how her house stank full of trash and, you know, and she just kept going with it. People thought she was crazy. And, uh, it really just shows you the determination and passion and drive that people have. And it's not, um, economically driven. It was, uh, her desire was to help the environment and then to help the people around her. Um, and, uh, it's, just so inspiring to see, like, I mean, I would, I would probably give up after three months or something like that, you know? Um, but there's one thing that she did tell me was that even though um, the house was full of trash and people thought she was crazy, her husband never told her to stop. Like he, you know, was support. I mean, he did say like, Oh, I mean, I'm sure he was annoyed, you know, but uh, he never told her stop doing it. And so I think that's something that we can all kind of take away from is um, <clears throat> just how little, in a lot of ways, like just being encouraging and nurturing and supportive can can really help innovation. Oh, it really can. There's no question about it. With anything you're doing, if you have mm-hmm. people behind you who support you and say, yes, go for it, continue to do what you're doing, like for like you, you know, doing in, in the industry that you're in, it's a difficult one. So it's nice to have people around that um, support uh, our endeavors for sure. So yeah, I I loved her story. I mean, I all of them. I, I have to say, all of them. I thought they were all just truly fascinating. I want to talk about the young man who created um, the imagination car. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel, yes, yes, uh, and Sierra Leone, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about him. Yeah, Emmanuel. He he's just has this great energy about him. Um, He's a self-taught engineer. And uh, yeah, he's from Freetown, Sierra Leone. And has always been, I guess, from a very young age, just tinkering and just trying to hack things together. And just, you know, besides just he created a solar car um, out of trash from the landfill. But even before that, he was making solar lights and water filtration systems. He's always making things. Um, But uh, yeah, he, you know, saw the pollution that was happening and um just the way with fossil fuel like cars are polluting um you know the atmosphere and so he decided that he would make a car out of trash that would be powered you know by solar energy and it took him two years uh um, he actually didn't eat lunch for a year. Like his parents had no idea, but he was saving all his money for lunch so that he could buy the parts that he couldn't find out of the landfill. Um, he didn't ride the bus. And so again, it's like this dedication that people have, um, to just create things. And it's like this undeniable, um, passion that they have that, um, that they are doing, which is just, you know, so admirable when, um, you know, he could be playing, football or something and uh which he does still do but but um you know he is just really driven to try and and do all kinds of great things with changing the world the way that he wants it to to become you know and again all of these people who are doing these uh innovations are self-taught they you know they just came up with the idea and decided to whatever however uh to pursue it and you know no matter i love the car i love the way the car looked when he was right driving down the road in it um 
Has anybody, I mean, high end is part of this. Is, have they picked up some of the ideas that he's using to? Uh, well, in the film, you see them actually like the engineers, like talking with him and stuff. And so um, for them, I remember um, when we were filming that, I mean, they are often, you know, again, like in their labs, just kind of like doing their work and doing all this research. But um, it was such an opportunity for them to actually like talk to Emmanuel and like what, you know, seeing things from his viewpoint. And that's a lot of what the film is actually about, is about people really talking um, to the ones who are closest to the issues and really getting a sense of what they need and what they want instead of um, a lot of times it's like uh, with a lot of development organizations and even like charities, we tend to come in from the outside and think, um, you know, think that people who are economically challenged are um, this um, Dr. Gupta says in the film, like economically challenged are also um, intellectually challenged, which isn't true. And so um, it is about, you know, you know, the great thing is like these people in our film, we're celebrating them. And, but um, all of these ideas and exchanges um, are everywhere. And uh, the reasons that they have to deal with these challenges too, is because there are these like bigger systems in place. And we do talk about that, that, um, you know, actually like put them in these situations where they have to come up with these great ideas. And so um, that was something really important to show in the film as well. Yeah, very, you know, very important to, to do that, um, throughout the film. The, also, the, the, you, as you alluded to in the beginning, uh, about some of the more ancient type of, uh, uh, solutions to climate change and other things that were going on. Um, let's talk about the uh, the Farming Association in Peru and what they're doing and how, uh, yeah, let's just talk about what they're doing and how it's solving a problem, but it's something that has been done for a long, long time, but I don't know, was it just rediscovered to, to do this again? So, yeah, we followed the 10 de Agosto Farming Collective in, in Cocala, Peru, and um, they've been using these techniques again, mainly to battle climate change. Whereas before when the water, um, when rain was coming, like um, more consistently, um, they didn't really have to rely so much on these techniques. But now that, uh, you know, the ice caps from the Andes mountains aren't really melting as much and they're not getting as much rainfall, um, they're using these like Incan techniques from thousands of years ago to conserve water and they build these water terraces and um, the way that the the water terraces kind of um, divert the water in different ways and you see in the film just how um, lush and green like those areas are that the farmers are using um, and um, yeah we wanted to show that you know this is technology and we tend to think that things that are ancestral or old um are kind of outdated and old fashioned right, but right. it's actually um you know with research showing that you know it's becoming more effective and how it can be used today you know for modern practices and um we also wanted to show innovation that it's in a collective too of how these people are all working together and um you know often i think like the stories that are kind of in the media are like about this like one genius you know who becomes a tycoon and has this, you know, and he's the guy that comes up with the idea. But um, usually it takes a team of people and lots of people doing lots of work together um, to be able to become successful. And um, that was really important to show 
them and the connection to nature that they have and the idea of (laughs) reciprocity, um, which they um, have a word for, um, which is like, I me, um, but it's not really like a give and take. It's just like we work together and this is how um, the world should work. Um, it's a very natural thing that we would do these things together. Right. So, so yeah, that was their story. And we show some of the um, older technology too, with that bridge um, in India um, of how, yeah, these trees are grown across water to create a bridge and they just get stronger and stronger over years. And, it can take decades for them to grow. Um, but that's the kind of forward thinking that we as a world need, you know, to start adopting more is to, instead of just thinking of profit all the time, but overall health and um, for each other and for the world. And even if it takes like 50 years for it to get there, like that's kind of how we should be thinking. I agree. I agree. You know, we've been looking at climate change for change for well over 50 years and you go why haven't we progressed more you know why did nobody listen it's like you know that the story about the little boy with his thumb in the dam and you know in uh, holland you know about the water uh we've been clanging the bell and you know saying hey you know (laughs) it's coming and now it's here it's now mm-hmm. here. It's here, you know, I think sooner than anybody expected it to be here. So I, I find it interesting that a, a, most of these innovators are, it's all about climate change, pretty much every single one of them, um, and how to use the natural power of the sun uh, for solar power and other things that um, that have been around forever, so that they have really created that uh creative thought and innovation in a different way than other people have thought of before. I just find it so amazing and interesting and fascinating. Yeah, we do have Jamila, who's um, the young woman in Azerbaijan, who um, she gets around in a wheelchair. And uh, yeah, she was started to challenge um, the system there by trying to get access because it used to be illegal for wheelchairs to go down into the subway. And um, she made a viral video um, that got people's attention and it is changing the law there. So um, again, she's, we're showing like another different kind of way of being innovative of um, she used her phone and her voice. And um, that was her way of becoming innovative. Yeah. Yeah. We take it for granted here in our country. Since we, you know, have passed the ADA laws years and years and years ago that, you know, people can, you know, get get around who are in wheelchairs or crutches or whatever. And her story was, you know, it takes you back a little bit because you go, oh, well, that makes all the sense in the world. Why would that even be an issue, right? And then she decides to just take that up as a as a cause and a banner and really made a huge difference for many other people, including herself. So that was a wonderful story also. Uh, let's talk about the teacher uh, with her backpacks. Oh, yeah, Sharu Monga. Um, so she's an educator, and uh, she designed a solar backpack um, that's made from recycled plastic and it has a light on it that gets charged by the sun um, and uh, she distributes these to kids in remote villages all over India and it comes with a science kit inside um, because a huge majority of kids, not just in India but actually all around the world, they walk to school and often they have to walk in the dark um, can be kind of dangerous 
Um, and so, yeah, that's why the idea of the solar backpack that would charge. And then also when they would get home, um, they could use that light um, in their home or in their village, um, you know, just for light, because some of these villages do not have electricity. But um, her story was, uh, you know, I just we really wanted to incorporate youth and children. And um, there is such a vibrant energy when you, when you get to her world and the kids are just so excited about learning and exploring. And I really wanted to show that that's um, what learning is. It can be about discovery and it can be fun and exciting. And it's not just, you know, sitting in class with like a teacher making you do math um, that it's something you can get your hands dirty with and um, run around. And uh, so that was um, a really fun part of, um, I think, you know, you can see her enthusiasm of her just, um, the kids have this excitement and potential already. You know, I think as we get older, people tend to kind of, um, you know, I don't know, dismiss kids and their ideas and they kind of shrink down a little bit. And so I uh, really wanted to show just, you know, how kids are just so free and so open and um, we really shouldn't limit them. And that's just a really great part of like, yeah, innovation. Right, right. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. How long did it take you to put this film together, Anne? So the actual filming part, it took about three months. Um, and this was happening during the pandemic. Um right when Delta was like hitting Asia. So what, when we, when I started on the project, like researching um, Vietnam hadn't really been touched that much by the pandemic. Like we had some lockdowns, but it wasn't like anything in the West. And I was just, you know, very cocky thinking like, Oh yeah, Vietnam's going to be the easiest part to film. And then um, the Delta variant hit. And then that's when things started to get serious. And even though, um, Ms. Hong, which is who was in the next town to me, like, um, and I thought it'd be so easy to be filming. Um, I couldn't go to her town because there was quarantines and lockdowns. Um, so things had to get pushed out, but the actual filming took about three months. And then we had post-production and overall with all the research, it was almost, it was pretty much like a two-year project Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I was, um, I think, yeah, about 18 months on the project. Wow. It's a long time. How did Amazon Prime get involved? So um, they, that's where the the film is being streamed um, in a lot of countries, not all countries, because um, around the world there are other outlets. But uh, but yeah, they are streaming it on their platform, and um, happy to have it there. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, good platform to have it in. Um, do you see this becoming a series each year with new innovators? Do you see this, you know, them continuing, or yourself, uh, and your filmmakers continuing to continue the series so people can see what other people are doing in the future? I mean, it definitely could be a series, and each of our characters, like, we had talked about this, like, on the team, like, they could be their own episode or own film. Yes. I mean, some of them, there's a lot that we couldn't include just because of you know, the duration of the film that we had, but yes, it could easily be a series. Um, yeah, it's up to, you know, a funder that would like to, to, you know, fund it and stuff like that. But yes, there's um, so much material there and so many amazing people to, to spotlight and to show. 
Yeah, there really are. And I and I hope that you can continue to to make this a series. I think it's it's uh, inspirational for many people and uh everyone I really recommend you go to Amazon Prime and search for for tomorrow <laughs> and uh, you will be inspired it also makes you have it sit with your children you know your your children your teenagers your whole family it's it's something that everyone can enjoy and it's a wonderful one after you watch it to discuss uh, other ideas and maybe it'll spark ideas for other people to come up with solutions to other problems that are plaguing our, our world today so and thank you so much what a pleasure having you on the show it really is and I wish you much success with for tomorrow. Thank you so much for having me. It was really nice to talk to you. You too, Anne. Thank you. To all my wonderful, loyal listeners, your love of film allows me to do what I do. If you want to support me, the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, on YouTube. Subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review? Drop me an email at thejampriceshow.com. Thank you for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. 